Welcome to the Future of Insurance Industry Leaders Podcast. I'm Denise Garth, Chief Strategy Officer at Majesco. If you're interested in the latest industry trends and new technologies that are reshaping the future of insurance, you're in the right place. Stick around to hear my discussions with industry leaders as we help uncover today's emerging opportunities for the future of insurance. Good day, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast for our Industry Leaders Series. I'm thrilled today to have a couple of really fantastic industry leaders that we're working really closely with from Deloitte. I'd love to welcome AJ and Ahmed. AJ, Ahmed, welcome. Thank you so much, Denise. It's a pleasure to be here. Same. Thanks, Denise. I'd like each of you to give a little yourself, Deloitte, and our strategic partnership. AJ, do you want to start? Absolutely. My name is AJ Radhakrishnan. I'm uh, based out of Chicago, a leader in our core systems transformation practice. I also, in the last 15 plus years, have got scar tissue from successfully implementing policy claims and billing platforms. So that informs uh, the lens which I apply to how can we best alleviate outcomes for our clients moving forward. A little bit about our partnership with Majesco. Majesco is a very important partnership for Deloitte and Insurance. This decade-long partnership has really resulted in a significant group of practitioners being dedicated to Majesco and delivery efforts. More importantly, we look to scale this partnership in the coming years as we deliver value into both Majesco and Deloitte clients. Ahmed? Hello, everyone. My name is Ahmed Abdulwali, and I call Atlanta home. Uh, I go to market delivering technology solutions for insurance carriers, basically to help unlock you know, new capabilities by modernizing their underlying legacy platforms. Uh, I would consider myself a digital technology leader in our Deloitte core insurance, core industry solutions practice. Uh, I've spent the last 10 plus years in the industry and I led technology programs delivering solutions for insurance carriers in their core policy billing and claims domains. Uh, in the past uh, few years, I've specifically focused on delivering uh, billing and payment solutions as carriers look to modernize their uh, legacy platforms. Great. And we were talking ahead of time just to kind of add some fun to this. AJ's a big Bears fan, and I'm a big Green Bay Packers fan. Ahmed, what are you? New York Giants, big blue, big blue. Oh, boy. We are, we're having an interesting year, aren't we, guys? <laughs> I would say that the New York and Chicago fans are long suffering, but Green Bay seems to find quarterbacks back to back and are very successful. So it's not an even playing field here, Denise. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about, you guys have a really great new uh, report that you kind of put out, AJ, the 2021 Mid-Year Outlook for U.S. Insurance. And it highlights how insurers have really pivoted to growth and are really doubling down now on technology to transform the business. Kind of surprising because I think a lot of people thought COVID was going to kind of slow everything down. In fact, it's really kind of accelerated so much. What technology areas do you see the investment in? Um, I'll let actually Emmett uh, talk about the specific technologies, but a broad narrative on this is that as they seek to maximize their budget outcomes, uh, most of the carriers are uh, focused on some cost optimization in a lot of areas across the enterprise. But one key data point that stood out to me was that 96% are accelerating their spend on digital transformation projects. And within that, there are two areas, it, it seems that there's a lot of traction around. Uh, one is around um, efficiency, making sure that they engage both with their employees as well as their clients and improving the overall customer experience um, that they deliver into the marketplace. 
I'll let actually uh, uh, from a PNC perspective, I know there are some specific insights on technologies. I'll let Amit kind of add his comments on those. Yeah, no, no, thanks, AJ. And I agree with you kind of on the, the, the bigger issue with regards to uh, organizations needing the, you know, the, that technical capabilities uh, to be nimble enough to address some of those business needs. And, and Denise, selfish plug, please, for those that are listening, read the 2021 20, mid-year outlook for the insurance uh, business. It is on Deloitte.com. Uh, it's about a 20-minute read, and it contains really interesting points. But to further address your question, uh, there I, I think about three areas that stood out in the article uh, as insurers look to drive growth by leveraging technology solutions. One of the first, uh, customer uh, relationship management software. And, you know, this really ties to the need to create and provide that optimal experience, not just for the insured employees, but across all engagement channels, whether client and or agent-facing software. Two, data and analytics. Uh, insurers can uh, assess risks at a more granular level using new or different types of data sets. Uh, in addition, they can target different customer segments based on the granularity of the data. Third-party data sources, leveraging APIs to allow for the support to provide better data for the risk assessment process. And of course, that last point, which is in the article, leveraging AI. Uh, with a better data coming back, big data and different data source types, it allows for the necessary insights to leverage capabilities in the cloud to provide, quote, smart use of data sets uh, and data as enabling asset. Uh, one of the examples that I point to in the article was really just around uh, providing these differentiating underwriting capabilities that in the past may have required a resource to review and opine on and provide a decision. I'll say this again, please. If you have some time, please read the report. There's some more details there on Deloitte.com. Yeah, it's a great report. I read it right away, and it's uh, a lot of really great insights. So, AJ, insurance has continued to really evolve, and I think over the last five, six years with InsureTech, that has really kind of accelerated, you know, from a lot of different perspectives. But one of the key things is that we're moving from a product to customer-focused business uh, that challenges a lot of the internal functional silos and the line of business silos to kind of rethink business more from a customer first versus a value chain perspective. And that's a pretty, pretty dramatic shift. What are the implications for the operating model? And then I'm in, I'm sure you'll have some uh, perspective on the technology foundation. Thanks, Denise. I think uh, if I could think of one word, I think friction, tremendous amount of friction, as, as you rightly mentioned, the way insurance firms and the underlying operating models have evolved is being policy claims billing with each of them having their own process as well as technology stack. And now as we think about, step back and think about insurance in the broader context, it is a singular value chain with a set of transactions that serve the customer. And, and those operating models are not conducive to that sort of an outlook. So as we observe how clients are treating this, there have been ad hoc approaches in terms of how they're addressing their specific challenges as well as the customer needs. I think, Denise, we were talking jointly talking to a customer uh, some time ago, and they were talking about how they have chosen dual paths uh, to a successful execution. In one path where they're trying to transport their legacy environments into new modern core platforms, while in others, they're choosing greenfield approaches to serve digital uh, products and marketplaces. And I think you're going to see this conflict and tension for the next decade as insurance firms transpose themselves from the legacy technical debt that they have to modern outcomes that they need based on the customer base that they're serving. 
One element to think about is that I think the three areas that Ahmed mentioned, CRM, AI, and data, to, to truly maximize the outcomes and harness the value from the data and embed that in the workflow, you really need to have very strong modern core platforms because doing that on the legacy environment is exhausting and cost prohibitive. Ahmed, thoughts? I think, AJ, you've hit some of the key points as from an art model perspective, really on the nail on, on the head there. Uh, if I think about from a technology perspective, you know, one of the things that when we have conversations with some of the clients we work with and we look at what is required to enable these experiences that they want to, to provide their customer base, we've got to really take a almost a strategic look into their technical architecture, the tech stack, and by layer, be precise with what types of technology capabilities we want to enable in order to provide that optimal experience, right? And so I highlighted three areas around CRM data and AI. And if we think about the layers of the tech stack that they're touching, in theory, you know, if it's the core application, it's the front end engagement, back end systems of record, we can, in theory, be touching all three at the same time. And so really being strategic with our approach, strategic with where we want to invest our time, and what value is going to be added to the customer that we're working with is really the focus that we need to have when we think about how to solve this particular challenge. And you know, you're right, AJ, in that conversation we were having with a joint customer, we were really talking about how billing now is no longer that back office uh, function, but it's more on the front office. And it's at the front of really this customer first approach because it's the area that customers probably have the most interaction with, uh, with insurers today. A question for you, Ahmed, and then we can get AJ's perspective is, where is it about the customer relationship and experience when they have multiple products and, and maybe lines of business, you know, it could be across both PNC and LNA. Talk about what you're seeing here from insurers who are leaders in this effort to really kind of highlight and elevate this to kind of a customer relationship and customer first approach for billing. It's interesting, right? How it's, it's how the perspective has evolved over the years because, you know, if we had this conversation, you know, three, four years ago, I, I don't know if the focus, at least from a billing process and output perspective, would have been as heavily uh, narrowed in on what the customer experience is and how important that is as it pertains to being a differentiating experience. And, and so now fast forward to kind of where we are today, understanding the expectation and buying patterns of what has been set forth with regards to our customer base start to realize that if you provide an optimal experience, it can be differentiating in some degree. Now, now these experiences may not cause you to go out and sign up with an insurer just because they provide a great billing experience. But I do think having that seamless experience with the insurer will ensure that you don't leave. And so when I think about kind of exemplars in the billing and payment space, you know, I can think of a few examples, right? And so you know, Allstate, as an example, has enhanced their portal capabilities for insurers to modify and make off-cycle payments. You know, the Hartford is another one I cite. You know, they've done some work around some of the select product lines and creating personalized videos, providing explanations for the bill. Lemonade, right? They decided to reduce some of the insurance jargon in their bills to make them that much more simpler from a bill presenting standpoint. You know, Geico's done some work around kind of creating this Amazon-like experience with their swipe pay option on their mobile app. And, and I'll wrap my examples with what we've seen on with Progressive as it pertains to, you know, creating this 360 view of the customer and really leveraging, you know, certain, this view to help enable certain uh, servicing uh, activities with regards to their service reps and their, and their insured base. 
And so, you know, as you look at these examples, just a few that I've highlighted, you know, clearly having this optimal experience is going to be key for the insurers and how they engage with their, their customer base going forward in, in, within both PNC and LA spaces. AJ, thoughts? I think a, a different angle also I would like to kind of share would be around customer sentiment and retention. I think billing, the interactions that you have during the billing cycles showcase some of these insights that need to be harnessed, elevated, and then embedded back into both on the distribution side as well as the underwriting side. The cost of acquiring a new customer, we all know, is much, much higher than retaining an existing customer. With that in mind, I think there needs to be specific data and analytics that are uh, extracted from billing data and funneled back into upstream into the value chain of an insurance yeah. firm. And you know, one of the real challenges, I think, in that operational model to really drive efficiency, let alone effectiveness and, and the ability to deal with some of the innovation today around billing is that many insurers still have legacy core. Some you know, 10, 20 years old for billing, but even those that may be implemented in the last 10 years, it's in an on-prem perspective. And that really limits some things that they can do, particularly when you think about some of the new payment options that, that customers want. So insurers now are faced with this replacement dilemma again, due to the lack of cloud, the ability to have APIs, the high cost to upgrade, customization, and a whole lot more. What should they be looking for in a next-gen core, core billing system, guys? Amen? Sure. In my opinion, I think, you know, you hinted on kind of where organizations should be thinking about going for the next-gen, next-gen billing, you know, billing and, and core platform, so to speak. You know, I think the challenge that these organizations have is, you know, is just, just thinking about this transition to cloud and, and really that being a focus for the foreseeable future, Right. And we can talk about different organizations and, and kind of the, you know, the way they think about that transformation, what types of capabilities they would think about transitioning into the cloud. But I do think that it'll be a headline for the foreseeable futures, you know, as, as organizations are in the middle of kind of thinking about what is truly required to make that transition, you know, what types of capabilities they think that should be deployed in the cloud, as I mentioned earlier, you know, and how they think that these cloud capabilities will allow them to leverage other areas of their business, right? And so you look at the, the areas that we highlighted previously around, you know, leveraging data, leveraging AI capabilities. And, and, you know, and I think about the biggest thing that I can see insurers looking at those areas and, and trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to do with my current data set? What do I need to do with how I'm currently leveraging data? So you look at what capabilities should be deployed in the cloud and how these cloud capabilities allow, allow for leverage to leverage other areas of the business. And some of the things that you look at is, okay, from a data and AI perspective, what and how can we take our existing content and migrate that content into the cloud and leverage that content in an effort to improve our, whether it's business earning, business process, business capabilities, things of that nature. Again, a business first mindset to help enable and obviously generate more income for the organization. What that also entails is that there will be an operating model effect. And we need to talk about that because how are we going to address that going forward? There's new ways in which we access data, new skill sets that need to be required, things of that nature. All of that needs to be thought through as you think about what is required to make that transition. And then the last component is just really around the benefit of, when we talk about modernization, just the benefit of buying versus building. And you're getting you know, a future-facing product out of the gate that uh, has all the unique pipes and hook-ins uh, from a technology standpoint to get you everything that your organization needs digitally. And we talk about APIs and different data sets that we need to access. 
And the, the last thing I think about is the benefit, the additional benefits from a technology standpoint that the technology will no longer be perceived as a bottleneck to enable the business. And the reason why I call that out is, you know, we work with a lot of insurers that this is the fight between business and technology on a day-to-day -day basis, right? And so the business wants to enable certain capabilities, but those capabilities can't be unlocked because of some of the limitations of the legacy platforms. And so now that we think about elevating into the cloud, it puts the organization into a different type of mindset because now business and technology will be working uh, a little bit more seamlessly in terms of trying to provide capabilities to enable the organization. And then as we kind of think about over the next probably, you know, two to five years, two to three years, what are the next technology trends that insurers should be considering or experimenting or investing in to stay on that leading edge as it relates to billing and payments? Amen? When you say, when you say next leading edge, I kind of laugh, right, when I hear that. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, we, we don't necessarily typically think about the industry as, as, as leading edge as it pertains to technology. But what I will say is, you know, I do see a few trends that we need to kind of continue to focus on, right? First is, you know, I referenced earlier in terms of carriers looking at their technology infrastructure and being surgical and tactical on how, where, and when to modernize off of legacy. I think that'll continue and obviously transition to some sort of cloud-based platform. I think secondly, insurers, techs, and fintechs as complements to accelerate business processes. I think that that'll also be key going forward. And I highlighted some of the examples uh, in, uh, in, in earlier in our conversation around what the Hartford did, right? And so they've integrated with a company called uh, Adomo, right, to help build that capability, right? And so I go back to what I mentioned earlier about buy versus bill, right? So if there's a capability that we want to enable, is it easier for us to buy that capability and leverage something that's already built off the shelf versus trying to recreate the wheel in-house and having all of the challenges around maintaining that, right? And so these are the types of things that I look at from a next, next generation, next technology trend perspective that I see insurers kind of focusing their attention on for the foreseeable future. AJ, what about you? I think Garmin nailed it. I think I would change the, the, the way you shaped the question rather than them needing to be at the leading edge on certain trends or developing it themselves. They need to have that ecosystem of partners display agility in how and when they use these partners so that they don't have to do it all themselves, but also define permanence in a certain extent. Insurance companies think of their technology implementations and other investments in 20 year cycles, right? 15, 20 year cycles that it stays the same. That will not be the case moving forward. So they have to have that Lego block stack uh, platform providers that they access, use, and potentially let go once the, uh, a better alternative emerges. Kind of tying into that then, where, I'll start with you, AJ, where do you see the future of the PNC industry in the next three years as kind of the future? What really is gonna stand out? In terms of personal lines, I think carriers should consider how to alter products and platforms to reach demographic segments such as millennials and Generation Z. Uh, focus on digital marketing, personalizing messaging and do-it-yourself service. I think that that's important because that drives better economic outcomes into the process. Commercial lines, there's an opportunity for insurance to mend fences given that business interruption policies did not cover most pandemic-related losses. The small business segment seems particularly prime for disruption, especially with the potential rise of partnership models with online retailers, manufacturers, and other insurance parties, uh, non-insurance parties. I mean, I think, uh, I don't know if it was with you, Denise, that I was discussing. I, I was just refinancing uh, my mortgage with a firm, 
and which is typically done my refis for the last 10 plus years. And once I submitted all my information within the next 15 days, their insurance person called me. I never knew that they had an insurance arm, but they had all my data. Um, They leveraged that to say, hey, we think we can get you a better value on insurance. Though I wasn't necessarily interested in that product, I was very impressed that they had uh, extended their services to to adopt that because I was already sharing information with them that was very uh, relevant for them to underwrite me policies. Of course, they were a broker and they had a roster of carriers supporting them, but I thought that was a very good example in terms of how uh, operating models will move forward and how insurance firms need to adapt to enable that effectively. Absolutely. Ahmed, how about you? I think it's interesting, right? AJ's example really resonates with me. I too, you know, recently, you know, purchased a home in a couple of years ago and to get a call from a life insurance carrier and they know me says a lot about the relationship that the organization that I helped hold my mortgage locked in my insurance, as well as the, as well as the life insurance carrier were able to sit down at the table, sit down and share information about me. I think that that customization of experience, again, this kind of highlights some things that AJ talked about in terms of where we need to take the industry going forward. That customized, you know me experience is extremely important in terms of not only helping close future deals, but also building long-term relationships going forward. And I think that, you know, the way the industry is thinking, I think that the industry is poised to start, start making that transition. And obviously on the back of modernization of the core technology landscape. A couple of things, one thing to add on this too, is if you talked about traditional business model versus newer business models, I think it's been a very product-faced approach in the past. And that's, that's a function of insurance because of regulations and all that stuff. But I think as you move to that customer first approach, I think micro-segmenting and packaging and structuring products for smaller and smaller groups will become much more relevant in terms of their success. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. So I'd like to end my podcast uh, with this fun question. If you could pick one word to describe the future of insurance, what would it be and why? Ahmed, I'm going to go with you first. So Denise, I have the cheat code because we, we, we spoke about this many times, but I'm going to say the insurance industry is excellent. I say that from a few standpoints. I think that there is an exerted push to obviously from a, from a technology modernization perspective, which I think is great. There's a push to also attract the youth. And why that's important is because not only are they going to be the new buyers of insurance, uh, but they're also going to be a part of the workforce. And so I look at that as being a cool, sexy thing. And that's, that's my two cents for today. And AJ, can you top that one? I'm not sure I can, but I, w- I would say seamless. I think we've spoken about this. I, I believe in insurance. I think it is the foundation of modern civilization in a certain sense, as my colleague Britt Van Dalen states. And to that end, we need to figure out a way of supporting uh, all these new uh, business models, operating models, and products coming out of the marketplace. And, and I think we have to do it in a seamless manner. And I think the insurance company always is slower to react to the trends in the marketplace, but uh, the momentum that is being generated in the environment hopefully will spur innovation as well as more seamless interaction with uh, their customers as well as intermediaries. Really great point. 
Well, thank you both very much for the conversation. We've got a lot going on. Uh, we've got a, a round table that we're going to have some really interesting conversations going on between a startup and an incumbent and the opportunities and challenges for both, you know, with some, you know, insights that we'll be creating together. It's been a wonderful partnership. And I think that much of the conversations that we're having in the industry jointly together is really bringing to the forefront this, this whole focus on customer first. And billing has such a huge opportunity to really kind of flip that model for insurers as a first step forward. So thank you so much for the partnership and for all of the great work that we're doing together, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you. That's a wrap for this week's episode of the Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast. Be sure to sign up for our email list and follow us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss out on our next episode. I'm Denise Garth, wishing you a happy podcasting.